and very, very dangerous. If you spotty sense, you know, I was like, oh, something's off. And I'm just like, man, I'm waiting to hear something, you know. What's going on, guys, and welcome to the 34th? Welcome to the Warcry Podcast. I'm your host, Jehola Tiger. Just kind of cooling, man. It's been a been a pretty busy, I'd say, probably couple weeks. You know, I had to look over some pools and, you know, get some athletic events going, athletic leagues. And if you can hear them in the background, I got the fans going. It's been hot. But I'm bringing you guys another episode of Observations. And... If you don't know what Observations is, this is basically part three, but Observation three is Observations is an episode to where there are certain things that I talk about and there are certain things that I noticed and that I observed over the course of, I don't know, a couple months. I think the last one was in back in, I think, early June, maybe. And as I'm, you know, kind of, you know, we, I scroll through the internet and I always, you know, kind of have a good beat on what's going on and um but something came across my timeline that I found very interesting um and it has to do with the Amazon rainforest um and there was a guy um I've seen a few interviews of his but his name is Paul Rosie I believe is how you pronounce it or Rosalie and He's been on Joe Rogan's podcast. He's been on kind of some other lesser-known podcasts. But he is kind of a... So basically, this guy's a college dropout. Um, high school... Or basically, high school dropout. Got his GED. Went to college. Didn't really care for it. Then kind of made his way to the Amazon and into Peru and certain... I guess the western part of the Amazon. And one thing that really struck me about this guy is that he talks about snakes. He talks about these monster snakes that he's running into and that he sees in the, the Amazon. And I think the record for, uh, for pythons is like 18 feet, um, which is like a monster snake. But he talks about there's bigger snakes out there and there's local legends of, of bigger snakes. And he tells a story about a time when him and his partner were out basically trying to preserve the Amazon. Because the Amazon at one point was burning. I know that was in the headlines and everybody was like, oh, we have this, you know, send your $20 to the Amazon. Make sure that money saves it. That, come on now, y'all. That money ain't saving nothing. That money, that money is being spent somewhere else to do things that we have no idea what's going on. And... I may end up talking about charities, yeah, but we'll save that for another time, I suppose. But so, anyways, he was he was on the front lines, and and he posted a viral video, basically of a fire burning down, and he was saying that basically eighty percent of those fires that were started by humans, there was you know people started them. And I thought that was very interesting because when he was talking about it. He then kind of goes into his time in the rain in the rainforest and these some of these interviews I was watching, and he, he said basically the there's certain parts of the Amazon that's like swamp, 
Like it's, it's like a swamp area. And these snakes, you know, hide in this swamp. And he was like, well, how do I get there? And the locals were like, well, you need to do this, this, and this. Go this way. Like, there's no sense of direction in the Amazon. Like, you're just forced. But, like, there's landmarks or there's certain, like, weird, you know, trees or markers. And so they finally get to this swamp area. And he looks out. And he's, and it looks like grass. It looks like the savanna. There's trees. You can see that there's trees, you know. But there's, like, a, like a prairie-looking area. And they're walking... And they noticed, they're like, hold on. When they took their step, it, like the, the ground shook. And they were like, what's, what's going on? We'll come to find out where these big snakes live are, basically it's a canopy that's flooded in a low-lying area. So imagine like New Orleans and it's flooded, but the trees are still growing, and they grow to the the level. So basically, they're stepping on tree leaves, essentially. That's grown into moss and things like that, where where that type of vegetation grows. Well, this Paul guy, Paul Rosalie, sees this kind of tree trunk looking thing, kind of laying off to the edge of this kind of area, and. He goes, and this dude, this one thing is about this dude, this dude's crazy. He's so crazy. But he goes and jumps on this, this tree log looking thing. And he realizes it's a 25 foot snake, uh, python. Or, and, I'm sorry, not python, an anaconda. 25 feet. And he estimated that it was probably over 100 years old and it's seen a lot of life. But it's so. But these animals are so secluded and so, you know, scared of humans that they've never seen them that they they hide and that's how they get big is they just keep eating, keep eating, and you know they just they get monster size. And he said so she was this. It was a female, twenty five foot, and he couldn't even put his arms around it. And you know that kind of makes me think of things that are here, you know, that decide to remain hidden. And I always think. You know, if it's in the Amazon and they're finding 25, 30-foot pythons, you know, and we're not always around. Like, we're not, the forest is not, there's a lot of places that people haven't been or very much. And we act like, I think, with Western society and, you know, this is what I call European society, you know, and, I, and it kind of goes into a lot of other things, too, you know, that I'll, I'm going to talk about here in a second, but... You know, they they have to see it to believe it. You know, we we think that we're the smartest things on the on the planet. We think, you know, they, they did at the time. You know, the Amazon allegedly, now I'm going to say allegedly, Europeans, this is Spaniard, Spaniards that were down there, that got that place. And I can't remember the explorer's name. But they always, but basically he, they... The first guy who ever touched outside these uncontacted tribes at the time basically said that the Amazon had millions of people. And then a hundred years later, there was nothing. 
you know, that is, you know, for my, my natives out there, y'all have heard this story before. But this was hundreds of years before they even knew about anything about Indians. That the Amazon had things going, like we had millions of people in, you know, crazy cities the size of New York now. Well, then 50 years later, the, the, the Amazon, the nature is undefeated. It took it back. And in a short amount of time, these people were wiped out. They're gone. You know, an interesting fact that's come up, and I know the National Geographic tried to debunk this, but this is this is the context. A lot of some of a lot of the fruit and vegetation that's edible in the Amazon came from those people. Those indigenous people that were planting and and they were doing uh, like uh, what do they call it leveling or like plateau. I know the Chinese do it. They do it. They like they basically will flatten a piece of land and let the runoff water itself. So when it rains, it runs off into, you know, the water into the the, the plants, and it basically waters itself because of the the, the ecosystem. So you're going to get a bustling, you know, amount of produce and and food. I know that's geographic. That's one thing about I call it. You know, I always like to call it European science. Because they, that's one thing about science is you have to always question it. You never, you never can say for sure if something is for sure until it's for sure. But it's always changing. And, you know, I always talk about, you know, this podcast is, you know, about spooky things. And I've heard, you know, I, I'd ask people on a, on a regular basis about spooky things. Oh, you heard anything? Or... Oh, I don't believe in, I don't believe in ghosts, or I don't believe in, you know, Bigfoot, or I don't believe in Dogman, or I don't believe in Skilly, or I don't, you know, I don't believe none of that. You know, I don't believe in honkas, or monsters, you know, in the dark. You know, but some someone's always a honka to somebody, and that's something to put into into perspective. And just because these, you know, people don't, you know, you don't believe that this is real, doesn't mean it's not real to somebody. And I think that's one thing that drives me crazy when I see science, scientists coming out. Neil, Neil deGrasse Tyson's a big one for me that I cannot stand hearing his voice. I can't stand, he comes up with, oh, it's, there's, he always has an answer for the unexplained. But the unexplained is the unexplained for a reason. And he even call and I've heard him call it, you know, like, you know, the mainstream narrative of things. And that's an observation that I've made just from that little, you know, Amazon, you know, you got the National Geographic, everyone in their mama knows what that is. And one scientist who's backed up by multiple archaeologists, or not, no, a journalist who has done some investigative work, backed up by multiple archaeologists saying, hey, there's some things going on that were man-made here in the Amazon. But and then what happened is the National Geographic goes, oh, well, you know, this, you know, it's this context, it's it's false, fact-checking check, fact people. Well, then, you know, the president of the country, you know, I think it's Peru, of the western part of, uh, of, the, of the Amazon goes, oh, well, if we created it, let's burn it down. Let's make let's we if it, if if we 
kill these things, they'll grow back. It'll grow back. You know, and that's, you know, we we can always look back too to, to you know, governments doing that things, doing those things to people. You know, we look at you know, the pipeline up in, up, up in uh, the Dakotas. You know, we can always look at, uh, you know, it's kind of a hot topic now. Everybody's talking about it, but, you know, you're looking at the Osage murders and how the Osage, you know, they found black gold. You know, the government said, oh, y'all can have that piece of terrible land out there in the plains where there's no trees, hardly any water. You know, oh, y'all can have that. And guess what? They tapped into something that, you know, Big Daddy wanted. And when Fed gets it, you know, Fed sees it, they want it. They'll get it. They'll send it. They'll send the entire platoon, the entire army. They'll send whatever they need to do. You know, kind of piggybacking off that thought, you know, I, I, I think of a guy who I used to work with. And he had, he was in the military. I can't remember what branch he was in, but. I was, I was at a dead-end job. I hate, you know, just not doing really well in life and kind of at a weird spot where I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I had run into this guy, and he he was, an, he was odd. Like, he was a weird guy. Like, he just didn't talk much, wasn't very outgoing, didn't really say much. But he was, he was over in Afghanistan. And one day we were driving around and we were, you know, trying to make sales on stuff and talking to people. And I see his dog tag kind of shine through his shirt. You can kind of see it. And I was like, oh, oh man, I didn't know you served. I, you know, you do, you, I did the usual, oh, I appreciate your service. You know, he kind of looked at me and kind of, I could tell it annoyed him. But he had about five or six dog tags, you know, on his chain. And I said, man, I said, yeah, I, yeah, I'm sorry, you know, that's, you know, your whole platoon, you know, your your squad, or I don't know the wording for it, man. I'm not a military guy, but, you know, he goes, you know, and he kind of looked at me because he knew he knew I was, I was Indian. He said, you know, we kind of did the same thing. We're doing the same thing over there that we did to y'all. And I looked at him, and he goes. My entire deployment was protecting poppy fields. And I looked at him and I said, what do you mean? Like like, like to make opium, stuff like that? And he goes, yep. He said, I lost, my, he said, I lost these five people protecting a drug, protecting a plant. That's way cheaper there than it is anywhere in the world because we stole it. And it kind of hit me in a weird spot. And I think about that quite often. You know, I didn't really know what to say. He, I'm very, I always have something to say, but he kind of put me in my spot where I, I didn't really know what to say, and it kind of hit me in a weird spot, and, you know, I know Res Dogs is going on, I know that there's a, I haven't seen the, I haven't seen any episodes, and, and I always kind of think about those things, and I know the latest episode has, kind of has a sad story, sad connotation with the, the schools and whatnot, and I, you know, I was, you know, with him saying that, you know, this is what we did to y'all. We're doing the same thing to them. You know, and I see people who carry water for that. 
And it's some, and I, I'm gonna be. This is going I'm spicy right here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this. I see, and I, and it's either, and it's both ways. It ain't one way. It ain't left. It ain't right. But I see a lot of people carrying water for these things in the Indian community. And it kind of makes me think, you know, are we really, are we, are we, are we carrying this water because of the indoctrination? Are we carrying this water because of a agenda? Or are we, you know, trying not to get canceled? Yeah, what are we, what are we doing? You know, I was, I always make that observation that we 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 hop on trends on for things. We, you know, a lot of times we play. You know, I'm speaking for Indian people because I'm Indian. And I can say these things, and you know, this may ruffle some people the wrong way. Like, oh, you know, I had grandmother. My grandmother was in a. I can play it too. We all can play it. We all have family members that hurt, that were hurt, and still hurt. You know, and and one thing that. You know, I think that we do as a people that drives me kind of nuts. And I mentioned this last on the last episode um, about res dogs. Is that we do this thing where we try to play the oppression Olympics with everybody. Um, and we have people out here making it. Like we have legitimate people out here making it. Doing things. doing You know, doing the right thing. Entrepreneurs. Um, we got teachers, we got coaches, we got athletes that are doing things. And we're so focused, we so focus on, we do, we do the head turn where we look back instead of look forward. And, you know, the, you know, there's things and times to bring up these, these past facts, you know, these painful facts. And, you know, sometimes it's not all the time. Sometimes it's when, you know, it it means the most is when we bring those things up. And I see that a lot. And to see some of the feedback from that res dog, I haven't seen it. Now, granted, I'm not going to speak on the actual episode, but I'm speaking on the what I've seen in terms of the feedback. That's a time and place to talk about that. You know, that's a perfect time because we're, for the Native community, we're at the highest level of sight, you know, like I used to, you know, I think about my grandpa a lot. Man, when he was at Bay Cone, he says it's better to be, it's better, it's better to just hide in the shadows sometimes. And we and we've done that. You know, he would basically kind of hide and or not really hide, but he just would sit back and, you know, people get fired or let go, and he'd still be there. He's still trucking along. He's just doing. Staying quiet and staying diligent, and he stayed on. And he had somebody ask him, like, "Dang, uh, Yahola, you still here? Junior, you still here? Dang, I, didn't, I thought you got, I thought you got let go." He said, "No, I'm still here. Cause I've been hanging out, been been keeping the status quo. And sometimes that's a bad thing, but and you know, in some certain times, it's it is what's necessary. And you know, this podcast, you know." Is it has opinions? I have opinions that are different than some people, a lot of people, and I don't see things red or blue. I don't see things purple. I, I see things my way. You hold a tiger, you hold an anti tiger the fourth. And if you agree with me, you don't. Hey, is what it is. At the same time, though, you know I, I like to make sure that you know 
I want you know make sure we get both sides of the story and you know not just one side because they always say there's three sides to each truth there's yours mine and the truth and this podcast I try to try to do that you know I try to get as close to fact as close to you know the truth because you know with the this is creepy episode you know people are telling me their truth I believe them you know, I believe that they, these things happen to them. Um, you know, when people are telling me their experiences in life, and I, I, I believe them. You know, I, I believe them. And so, you know, that's just that kind of going back to the res dog. You know, it's that that's a perfect time. You know, you had a, you know, you, had, you know, you had a few episodes kind of funny, and then you get hit hard. It's like that 1923 yellow or uh, Yellowstone prequel episode where you know you gotta uh what do they say uh, kill the savage save the man and that's something i i i deal and i not really deal with but i in my daily life you know and being in certain areas where i'm at you know i always get some time oh well you holy you need to co- cooperate you need to uh you need to be like us and and all it, it, and I don't think it's any way I don't think it's a it's a, a racist thing I don't think it's that I just think that I come from Tahlequah, Oklahoma it's different you know I know some people coming off Creek uh, Muskogee Creek Res they were different they're different you know maybe these people from out out of you know, different out of the state. They don't. Maybe they don't understand that. You know, they don't understand that. You know, we. I'm. I'm we're different. I'm different. I'm not like maybe anyone they've ever dealt with. Maybe I'm too vocal. Maybe I. Yeah. Maybe I. I speak my opinion too much. I don't know. But you know, like the. You know, that. Those episodes really have hit home with me, and I've really thought about them. I've really put in a lot of thought about what's going on in those episodes and I just wanted to share, share what I observe, observed and kind of what I think and that's kind of what like I said what this episode's about and like I said at the end of the day man we you know we can agree to disagree you know I still you know I still appreciate you listening if you're hearing this and you're like man Yehola's insensitive to the cause because you know at the end of the day you know, we are, you know, we are, you know, one people, you know, we all come from the same creator and I appreciate you listening still. If you're, if you're getting, getting kind of, ah, getting kind of tight on that. Cause you know, that's, it's pretty spicy nowadays. Everybody, anyone can be canceled for, for anything. It's like, uh, like the lady, you know, here's another crazy thing that, you know, the, that I've kind of observed is the lady that, uh, you know, that, that, M ever right there is not real. That lady on the plane, I guess I don't know if she's from Oklahoma. Someone said I saw that and maybe she might be from Oklahoma. I don't know, but you know the conspiracy, and I we'll talk like I said, we're gonna pivot a little bit, but you know, that's been going around for a minute. And so what comes out is that she was sitting at the back of the plane. And 
she allegedly said that there was a man in the hood who she couldn't see his face, but he said, I'm going to, you know, do some things to the plane. I ain't going to say it because Lord knows they'd be taking, they'd be like, oh, we got to get this, we got to get him off. We got to get him off the air. Got to get him. He's speaking too much. No. But said someone with no face, no couldn't discernible features said that they're going to do something to the plane. The weird part about this, she gets on TikTok, she gets on Twitter, create, you know, never, like, freshly made Twitter, this is very strange, like I said, it's very strange, creates a Twitter, buys the Twitter blue with the check mark to make sure people, she's real, tell people she's real, or that she's verified, or whatever, you know, whatever they say. And makes his video and goes out and says, hey, this is what happened. You know, if you think I'm crazy, blah, 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 explaining the whole situation. TikTok is undefeated. TikTok people go and find her IP address. And they show a basic regular IP address. So, like, for instance, from my house, they could see... Oh, he's here, and it always starts with a certain number and a certain, uh, you know, I guess, numerical phrase where you know it's a household. Hers is not. Hers comes from D.C., Washington, D.C., and a government, possible government IP address. So I find that very interesting. You know, at the same time that that's going on, we got uh, Joe Nickelslick is what I call him. Y'all can decipher that. But Joe Nickelslick is doing some things and trying to send more money over to a country that we're not going to name. So everybody's distracted. You know, your tax, your your your. It's like uh, it's like nine eleven. You know, we'll get into that. But you know, Donald Rumsfeld, the day before nine eleven hit. He goes, hey, we're missing like $8 trillion. We don't know where it went. We don't know where it, We don't know where that money's at. And it just happened the next day, 9-11 happens. Pentagon's hit in the same spot where they keep the accounting numbers. So that year they wiped the budget. You know, so it's just very interesting. You know, there's very, you know, some observations I've made on some things. And I just found that very interesting. Um. So, you know, I kind of, you know, I like me a conspiracy, but I also like me movies, too, as well. So, I want you guys to watch a movie. You know, for my my natives out there, I I consider this a native movie. But it is is a very good movie. I really enjoyed it. My dad dad actually put me on to this, and he was like, hey, we need to sit down. And we rented it. Okay, let me talk about my dad for a second. This man is so cheap. He will never in his life rent a movie. There's been blockbuster hits that he's actually wanted to see, and he's like, nah, we're not renting it. We're not doing the red box rent. And I'm looking at him like, dang, Dad, come on, it's $1.99. You can part with $1.99 right now. The, you know, it ain't going to kill you. This man literally goes and rents this movie for $7.99. Rents the movie for $7.99. He could have bought it for $7.99. $7.99. Because this movie 
is such a such a good movie for him, and then now I love it. But the movie is called Wolfen. The movie is about basically New York. New York is going through the worst time, economic times, and you got all you, you know. You got all these random murders happening. And the movie starts out, and I cannot for the life of me remember this guy's name, but he's been in a lot of movies. Um, but he's a young guy in this movie. He usually plays like an old guy, like he's like a, usually an like older guy, like an older guy, like action movie. But he, there's a detective, and he's the de- detective. You know, it's kind of you know down on his luck, or not really, you know, not really at the top of his game, but. This case of these this rich couple basically murdered in the park, and their 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 cab driver is killed in this park, in this affluent park. So they they're they're you know they're basically trying to solve the case. Well, the medical examiner, which the dad from the dad from Family Matters is in this too, I think, as well. The the guy the mustache, he he's a younger guy in that movie. And they're like, hey, this is a, an animal attack. This is a wolf attack. And so the, the urban legend in New York at the time is that there were coyotes or quote-unquote coy wolves running around the streets at night. And, you know, sometimes they'd kill homeless people at this time. That's, that's history right there. But in the movie, they can't explain these wolf attacks. So the detective teams up, you know, with a, with a, uh, uh, I think it's like an anthropologist or another detective or cop or somebody. I can't remember exactly, but team up and they try to find this, and the medical examiner too, team up to find this wolf and to track this wolf down. One thing I love about this, about this movie, and this is one thing that I, I really enjoy, is the Native American aspect of it. So, during the middle of the movie, the detective goes to this native. And I can't remember that this guy's he he's a Mexican guy. Which, I count it as a native movie, but it, it, gets, it takes some hits because they don't cast no natives in it. They just, you know, Hispanic people, basically. And the guy that, the guy that plays the, the main native in this is, uh, he's actually Mexican. He's been in a bunch of movies, and he's just a young guy in this movie. And, and so... He's really big into skyscrapers, and you know, they always say that those Indians showed the Europeans how to build bridges back in the day. And so this native, he's real astute in you know bridges, and he loves you know he loves he stands on bridges. And so the detective goes and sees him, you know, because they're all working on the uh, you know the bridge. And I'm this is kind of a funny thing, but I used to laugh, you know, because it's like. You know, you always see like the oh the shaman. I'm gonna put a curse on you. Well, he does that to this detective. He's like, hey, you never know. I might be a wolf. I might be. I might be the one you're looking for. And he proceeds to basically act like he turns into a wolf and he's gonna eat the detective. Detective freaks out. He's like, oh no. And you know, so that goes on. And I was I in that moment I laughed because I remember I remember being like in second grade, and this little you know little white girl, I say, oh, I'm going to, 
you know, I'm a shapeshifter. I can shift into a, a fox, and I, I, you know, I, you know, just messing around. And I remember I've seen that too, like in other movies. I know it's kind of a trope or a cliche, but I used to laugh. I used to kind of, you know, mess around. But I've seen other people do it too. And I know, I know everyone's probably done it. You know, try to scare people, try and get, oh, I could, I'll turn into this and and I'll eat you or whatever, you know. But but he does the same thing to the detective. And there's a scene, and I'm gonna and I'm going to put that scene in now to let you listen to it. It's not wolves. Wolfman. For 20,000 years, Wilson. Ten times your fucking Christian era. The skins and the wolves, the great hunting nations, lived together. Nature in balance. Then the slaughter came. The smartest ones. They went underground. Into the new wilderness, your cities. Into the great slum areas. The graveyard of your fucking species. These great hunters became your scavengers. Your garbage, your abandoned people became their new meat animal. Their own animals? Are you sure, Wilson? They might be gods. In their eyes, you are the savage. So that scene is at towards the end and basically they describe what Wolfen is. And I'm not gonna like I said, I'm I'm not gonna ruin it because there's more to the movie. But you know, we always you know, I always see and this is another observation um, that I see on TikTok and and I'm and I've said this on Big Bigfoot Crossroads too. I kinda push back on that, but I see a lot of non natives talking about skinwalkers and shapeshifters as if they're cryptids or a monster or a being and yeah i guess you could say that they are you know in a sense of what they're talking about but you know these things have been going on for a long time and they're usually and they're people they're not beings now wolfen is a being this in this movie it's a being but the observation I'm making is that I see people acting as if, you know, these skinwalkers are animals or beasts, and they're not. They're people, people with intentions. And that's one thing too that I, I, I'm pushing back on is 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 non-natives, you know, acting as if it's just some light thing to talk about. You know, there's people out here that know things, and they. And I always want to preface this with, with respect because I have respect for these things because I believe in these things. But, you know, one thing that I see all the time is, you know, just throwing it out there. Oh, everything's a skinwalker. That's a skinwalker. This, a gray, like there was an alien looking thing and they called that a skinwalker. And I'm just like, yeah, okay. But with Wolfen, you know, with it being a being that's been pushed back. That's a lot of, I think, a metaphor to me that there's been a lot of our myths and legends that have been put, been put back in the closet or have been put back into a box 
or any other metaphor you can use for being pushed back for whatever, you know. Oh, well, you know, you know, with Spirit Talkers podcast, we talked about, you know, the winter spirits and, you know, depression, you know, those things, you know, we use the clinical, you know, medicine, clinical diagnosis for these entities and these beings that affect us. And that's similar what the wolfen is. The wolfen was a uh, was a powerful being back, you know, 20,000 years ago. Like you like you heard in that scene being relegated to you know, a scavenger, a uh, bottom-feeding entity. And the wolfen got tired of it. And so you'll have to check that movie out. That's a, it's a great movie. I really uh, I cannot say enough about it. I appreciate my dad renting that for seven ninety nine and killing his bank account. Now he's broke. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, but you know, that's, that's one thing I, I just I love about certain movies like that. You know, cult classics is just... Man, it's just a hidden gem. It's just, you know, it's good like that. But, you know, I, we're sitting at uh, almost 40 minutes. You know, I guess I've been talking way too much. But I always appreciate you guys listening, man. We, uh, we together, you listening, me talking and blabbering, we're almost at 8,000 audio listens and downloads uh, for the podcast. And I appreciate it. It's grown. Um we're almost at 200 followers on Spotify, which is awesome. Um, share this podcast out. Get it out to everybody. You know, I know I have had family members do it, and I appreciate it. You know, I got a cousin right now. Uh, you know, I'll say her name, Mary uh, Colley. She she does bead work that I like to promote, and she so if you should go find her on Facebook. You need some bead work done. Uh, she has some pretty keen. Uh, medallions and so y'all gonna go check her out on facebook mary collie k-a-u-l-a-e i'm sorry a-y jesus it's been a long day anyways but yeah go check her out and uh, this last part i want to talk about because this is a big observation that i've noticed and kind of something that i'm very you know passionate about um so my uh, my great aunt judy pickering uh is running for uh, Muskogee uh, National Council, seat uh, A out of uh, the Yafala district. And, you know, one thing that I, that I want to say uh, with my, about my aunt and, and, and my promotion of her is that there was never a time where she hadn't taken care of somebody. There's never a time where she hadn't put someone else before herself. And, and served others. You know, she, um, along with some of my other family members and, and family friends, um, have been, you know, shouldering the load of uh, Ufala Canadian tribal town since my grandpa's passed. And I got a lot of respect for that. And I believe um, in my heart that she is the one for that seat. And I'm going to speak it out now, you know, Judy Pickering for uh, for that CA in Eufaula District uh, for Muskogee National Council, uh, Muskogee Creek Nation uh, National Council. Um, she's out the Raccoon Clan. Um, you know her her grandparents. You know I, I'm named after I'm named after the the original Yahola Senior. Um, 
you know, I take real pride in my name, but I also take pride in that last name too. I'm very proud of, of my family, uh, especially my Creek family. Uh, you know, I got my Uncle John, Mark, Tiger. He's uh, world-renowned. I call him world-renowned. He's famous to me. I always looked in awe of him. And same thing with Judy. You know, she had served uh, the Muscogee Creek tribe for a lot of years, uh, making sure our elders were right. And now she's trying to, you know, pass on the language to the to the kids and, and everybody. And so I want to say this now. If you're Muscogee Creek and you're in that Eufaula District, CA, I need you to go vote for my Aunt Judy Pickering. Judith Pickering is, is what it's listed as. But I call her, you know, she's Judy to me, Aunt Judy. So go out and vote. You know, that's one thing we got to do, you know, get out and vote, make sure we get our people in to that speak for us, that, that know, have our values and make sure that, you know, things are right. Uh, but vote Judy Picker, uh, Judy, Judith Pickering, and you guys can follow me on TikTok, Warcry Podcast, or Warcry Pod on TikTok, uh, One Man Band on Twitter, uh, Warcry Pod on Instagram, YouTube, Warcry Podcast. It's available everywhere. Obviously, you're listening to it now. Yehola Tiger Facebook. I appreciate uh, everybody that sent messages, sent stories, telling me they love the podcast. I, it means a lot to me. Um, you've sent their stories. This is an announcement right now. This is Creepy 3. is coming August 28th. Man, there are some mm, top-of-the-line stories, and I appreciate I got stories out of Porum. I got stories out of First Nations tribes. I got stories out of, uh, out of Concho. I got uh, the, the casino out there in Concho. I got stories uh, out of uh, Locust Grove. I got stories all over the place. Uh, and so I appreciate uh, Porum's another one. I got another one out of Porum. I appreciate that story. Um, but August 28th, this is Creepy 3. It's going on a Monday. You're not going to want to miss it. Make sure you like, subscribe, share. Let people know, hey, there's some creepy stories coming. So if you want to get spooked out at night, this is the time. But like I said, I appreciate you guys listening in. And I'll catch you on the next one.